Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to Plan for Life Now, episode number 58. We are now in October, Dave. Yes, we are now in October. Doesn't really Let's feel... just start this thing off easy and then we'll work our way into more complicated <laughs> intellectual thoughts. We're just going to tackle the date and time <laughs> first. Easy. You know, that, then we can move on from there. Um, it's been an interesting year in the markets, right? I mean, uh, we've we've come through the fourth quarter of last year, which was very negative to remind everyone. So you had the fourth quarter of last year, basically from late September through Christmas Eve, down over 19%. Right. And then you had the markets bounce back quite a bit. Right. First quarter <clears throat> was definitely up. Yeah. January well, was big. Uh, bounce back August pulled back a little September back up um, so now here we sit through the end of three quarters I probably should have pulled this up but I'd say the S&P 500 is probably up 18 19 percent on the year something like that right a very good year although I don't know if people feel that way as a well, matter of fact the last quarter that just ended if I had to guess with just how it felt yeah it felt like it was down it well, has nothing to do with looking at the numbers every day or anything. Then I actually looked at the numbers, and I think it was up a little bit. Yeah, I think that was because of August pulled back, and you know people always feel those losses more sharply than the gains. But okay, uh, let's dive into the topics that we have today. Uh, the first thing you wanted to talk about is political. It is, and now, it can change. So if you're listening to this, it thing that. The tide may have changed. The tide changes a lot with political stuff. Right. But yeah. But what what we wanted to talk about is obviously, well, I don't always want to say obviously, I would think the uh, Republican nomination is pretty clear. Not going to have any contenders on that side of things other than President Trump. But on the Democratic side. You have not been that experienced in politics. I wouldn't say it's an absolute foregone conclusion, but yes, okay. chances are President when Trump was will the be the nominee. When was the last time in, the, in Ford and Reagan uh, uh, contested convention? Did he yeah. actually contest it or no? He backed down in the well, late 70s. I don't know, but okay. not, none of those guys were being impeached right. while they were running again. All right. <laughs> so the reality is, even with that reality, I think you're right that Trump will be the will, you know, be the nominee for the Republicans. But on the Democratic side, um, I don't know how many candidates are in it now. I can't keep track. But what a, at one point, what did they have, 23, 22 right. candidates? I thought the Republicans 
the last time in 2016 had a crazy amount. I yeah. think the Democrats have more. Right. It's been winnowed down now to <clears throat> 10, maybe. Yeah. And of the 10, there's really only how many really who are contenders? I would say probably three, but some people might throw in four. But it's really Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie. Right. And I can't even think of a fourth. <clears throat> I, can, I know I who mean, these people no, are. I just right. don't think anybody's close in the polls besides those three. Yeah. So um, there was an article. Well, there's a couple things that came out in the last week. I saw something last week. They came out and it was a bunch of Wall Street banks saying, if Elizabeth Warren is the Democratic nominee, we're either not going to contribute money or we're going to contribute to Trump. And there was an article on CNBC today and it was saying that this new Raymond James, um, I don't know if it's a poll or prediction, but basically they expect, they say, we believe that the market underappreciates Warren's ability to capture the nomination and win the presidency. Um, and this is basically looking at a lot of polls that say Elizabeth Warren is is going up quite a bit. You know, if you look back in June, uh, the expectation for Elizabeth Warren was at 7%. Now it's up at 39%. You know, and I don't what this is based on uh, a survey of equity investors. And Biden's gone from 69 down to 53. So this has a lot of people a little nervous. It has a lot of people nervous, but I think it's certainly a possibility. Mm -hmm. Momentum builds up for these people regardless. And I mean, Trump's a perfect example. People, right. You know, there's no way Trump will win. There's just no way he's to this, that, or the other thing. Well, it doesn't work that way. Nowadays in politics, it's all about momentum and... right. Being a populist, Elizabeth Warren definitely has a populist message for oh, yeah. a lot of people. But I can tell you anecdotal, two of my friends who are, who are, you know, I wouldn't call them Republicans or, I mean, I think they're Republican, but they're not like hardcore on either side. Right. One of them has called Elizabeth Warren, quote, well, this is what he said, quote, she's crazy. The other one said, quote, she's scary. These are been the two responses I've heard from most people. Okay, but I, I when I have these that. conversations with people, I understand that as and I'm as, not saying I think she's crazy or scary. No, no. Yeah. But I'm just saying anecdotally and in the public media, there's nervousness, especially when it comes to the stock market about Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, I mean, I understand as an investor, as a capitalist the nervousness because she has certainly gone after big banks, big pharma, big oil, you know, all of these things and been very critical of their business practices. Um, but I guess I, I would take a step back and, and say, let's think of all the changes and all the things that President Trump talked about doing. And then let's look at what he's been able to get through. Right. Even with, you know, Republican control of of uh, both houses for the first two years there. And, and there's certainly a lot that a president can do. But I, I don't think anyone who says, well, all of a sudden we're going to be a communist country and blah, blah, blah. We're going to be totally socialist. You know, I just don't think that happens in our in our system of government here. You don't go to that extreme. Right. Well, I think part of if you have a portfolio and you're prone to panic mm -hmm. about who's the president 
starts with you you are you a believer in the how the system works or not right i think trump is a good example of believing i personally think it shows believing in the system because here's someone who if we had a different system you know hey he's not a a regular president he's gonna do what he's gonna do right and in at the end of the day if i had to predict this impeachment thing i would predict he'd be impeached but not convicted in the senate and that would be that yeah but still you go through the rule of law um and it's not you know this is not something that's a positive i'm sure president trump does not want to be impeached no one wants to go down in history of that whether you're clinton or trump or Right. Andrew Johnson. I'm sure he doesn't care. He's not really right. Andrew Johnson. <laughs> Whatever. But the bottom line and all that is, if you're a believer in this stuff, right. I'm a, with you 100%. I'm, not, I'm a believer in whatever the agenda is. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be completely fulfilled. Yeah. It, things would tilt that way for just like Obamacare. Yep. Okay. That was, I mean, we've never seen a health care <laughs> reform right. before. Was... It was highly contentious. At the end of the day, it wasn't Bernie's Medicare for all either. Yeah, and and I mean, people were talking about, think back to that Obamacare discussion and debate, and people were talking about, that. that's it, I'm going out of business, all these small businesses are going to disappear, go bankrupt. I mean, I, I talked to a guy here in Gaithersburg, he said, I'm firing all my employees the day that Obamacare goes in force, because I, you know, this is ridiculous, I can't. Okay, I mean it had some, some people were taking all and did take all their money out of the stock market the day Obama went in force. Yeah, well, that was obviously a big mistake just right. on the timing. And what but was it, what's the thing you've heard about Obama, Trump, and Elizabeth Warren? There's one word that anecdotally you hear about all three of them. They're scary. Scary. It's yeah. scary. Well, each side views the other right. as scary. Sure. So every president is scary. Yeah. Um. On that note of being scared and and people you know feeling scared about market declines, I came across a uh, a guide that American Funds put out. Now I wish they had hard copies of this guide, something we could print off. But as I always do, I'm going to put a link to this down below the podcast here, and uh, it's just got a lot of really cool charts. And any of our clients know that I like cool charts just because I think they convey the information really well. Um, But it's basically, it's called Guide to Uncertain Markets. And it's nothing specific to what's going on right now. It's basically going back in history and looking at, you know, all of these times that the market has gone down. Um, So it's got a lot of good stuff in here. But let me try to go through a couple of them um, that I think are, are pretty powerful. And this is one that I've seen uh, done before. Uh, It's where you take a look at the stock market and the first view on this graph shows you monthly returns of the stock market, right? And Dave, you can see even from where you're sitting, it's a lot of ups and downs. Yep. You look at those monthly returns in the stock market from 1998 through uh, end of 2017, and man, there's a lot of volatility in there. Yep. I mean, you've got a lot of negative 10% months. You got you know a ton of negative three, four, five percent months. You look at that, and it it looks pretty volatile. And then you switch the view to say long-term view, and the long-term view shows you this mountain chart. And you guys have all seen these stock market charts that it doesn't go straight up. We're we're talking about stocks here. But it kind of gradually goes up, has some declines, and then 
the end of the day or the end of the 20 years in this case, you're up significantly. Right. Um, and not that we don't all know that or haven't heard this before, but sometimes I feel like viewing the data in a certain way helps helps reinforce what you think you kind of know is that in the short term, the stock market is a gamble. But in the longer term, you're generally going to come out ahead. Right. And that brings us back to Elizabeth Warren. Well, yeah. That's and that I, I always like to do for myself and clients <laughs> – Let's play out the worst case scenario. Yes. And what should we do? So the worst case scenario is if you're not in favor of Elizabeth Warren when it comes to your money is that she's elected. She puts in all these regulations. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens, happens. A lot more paperwork for you and me. Yeah. That's guaranteed. Right. For all you guys worrying about your money, one thing's for <laughs> sure. Steve and I, and it's worse for Maureen and Amy. Right. <laughs> they got to process all the paperwork. The real yeah. person who should be worried about Elizabeth Warren is Amy. No, that gives Our her job security. manager, Amy. That's that right. Gives- but it's also job. She already she- had job security. She's yeah, just got sure. more work. She's going to have more work. But yeah. anyway, no, but so there's all this regulation. It is a negative and whatever is going on is a negative pull on the stock market negative let's say for years and we go into recession so your markets your stocks are in a bear market for a while mm-hmm. but you know what happens this is how i play it out that presidency is not going to last very long yeah a new president will come in probably a republican and well definitely a republican and then all of a sudden there's hope there's renewal there's coming out of a recession There's less regulation, and if we were to look at 10 years from when Elizabeth Warren were to be elected and things go poorly with her, we would see the stock market wherever it is today, wherever it is, it's near 3,000, or well, actually today was a bad day, but wherever it is in the S&P is going to be, in my opinion, much higher 10 years from now, and this is how we think you should look at your stock portfolio when you're in these years of you know, retirement slash going to have to live off your money now or soon. You have to look at your stocks on a long-term perspective and maybe even play out some of these negative scenarios to their long game conclusion. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's another uh, graph that I know I've uh, looked at with clients before is, you know, does the stock market do better under a Democrat or Republican? And you go back and you look back in history and historically speaking, the market has done better under Democrats. I know a lot of Republicans. We we don't want to hear that. You know, we don't believe it. I wouldn't even guess that. I would not have guessed that. No, most people wouldn't even guess it, but it's true. Um, And I mean, it's not a huge difference. I mean, it's not, you know, in a sample size of 80 years, who knows if that was just, you know, random or what. But the larger point is it doesn't mean that Democrats, you get zero returns in stocks and Republicans, you get 15%. It's just not like that. They're, they're, you know, very similar returns in there. Well, the evidence is clear that if you're making emotional decisions based on who the president is, you're mm-hmm. going to be a loser. Yeah, yeah. In the long run. Right. Um, well, let's let's run with that because I had written down here off of this American Funds Guide to Uncertain Markets, things that I wanted to talk about. Um, so, you know, they when we talk about investing and we talk about the psychology of investing – um, you know, we talk about errors that we all make just because we're human and this is the way we deal with things. And one of the errors that we all make is a bias towards action, right? So people feel like 
the market has done something, I need to react, right? I have to do something. And we often get this phone call, hey, um, you know, I heard Elizabeth Warren's getting the nomination. Let's, what are we gonna do, right? Hey, Brexit, you know, Brexit went through. What are we doing here? Right. Trump got elected. What are we doing? Let's do something. And I mean, the same would apply to any emotional situation that was going on, whether it's a crisis in your house or, or an emergency, you feel better doing something, right? And I like this study um, that American Funds put here with this. Um, you know, you're, you don't watch a whole lot of soccer, do you? Or I don't they... watch a whole lot of soccer. Right. But, you know, the World, World Cup, Cup time, I watch a little right. more. World Cup comes around every couple of years, and you'll watch that. And, you know, what's the most exciting time um, in soccer when they have to go into penalty kicks? Right. right? Penalty kicks. Very exciting because, you know, they line up, you make it, you miss it. So they did this study where they took a look at whether the goalie, now the goalie in soccer has to react so quickly. Right. You got to make a move as a goalie. That, You're going to guess where that person's kicking. Exactly. So the goalie has to guess. Uh, he can't just you know, wait and see where the ball goes and then it's too late, right? So what they did is they found that the goalies will move 94% of the time, right? So 94% of the time, they're either going to dive left or dive right. And they're going to try for this save here. Right. And they found that when they dive to the right, they save it 12.6% of the time. When they dive left, they save it 14.2% of the time. But if they do nothing... If they stay standing in the middle, right. which only 6% of goalies ever do, they save the ball 33% of the time. Wow. Right? And they were using this study to illustrate the fact, why don't more people do this? Well, it doesn't feel right. They've, they've got to take some action. They feel, they feel like a dope if they just stand there and the ball goes left or right and people say, well, you should have at least dove for it. Aren't they printing money ball in other languages? I don't know, because that seems like a money ball kind of thing where, you know, they would say, oh, yeah, your on-base percentage is higher. So we'll... There's only so many of these money ball decisions to make in soccer. <laughs> this know. would be one of them. This seems like one of them. But, um, you know, whether or not that still holds true after they've printed these studies, because that's the thing with these, you know, money ball type of things is once the data is out there, people adjust and it changes. Um but I, I think it's a good illustration to show that we all have this bias to taking action. It feels better to do something than to just say, no, let's, let's stand here and do nothing. Um, and one of the recommendations that, that this um, guide had, they said, you know what? I know it doesn't feel good, but it's much better if you have a checklist. And I'm just kind of thinking of this, so we might come up with our own checklist here. But the checklist might look something like this. It says, okay, stocks are down. That hurts. Doesn't feel great. I'm not happy about it. But how much guaranteed income do I have coming in? Right? Let's look at Social Security and pensions and annuities and things like that. How much money do I have in cash and bonds and you know all of that other stuff? If I factor all of that in, do I need to sell my stocks in the next five years, seven years? 10 years, when do I actually, when am I going to be forced to sell? Right. Because I, I can't meet my bills unless I, I sell those stocks. And for most of our clients, that's going to be at least five years, probably more like seven or eight years. 
And I, I think if we had a checklist like that, it might help people go through this and say, okay, yeah, it, it hurts, but I, I get it now. I'm not going to be touching this for eight years anyway, so eh, I'm not really that upset. I think when we have our annual <laughs> analogy of the year awards, your analogy of the soccer goalie and making moves was really good. Not, well, I'd, I'd love to take credit, but I, I like didn't that come one. up with that one. But it, yeah, but you decided to pull that one and use it for this podcast. Right, it does kind of stick. That in was your a good head. one. Yeah. All right. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for joining us, and we'll check in again next month.